What's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 24 of First and Ten. I'm your co-host, Adam, alongside my co-host, Mitch, and we would first like to start with an apology for being out last week. It was a very busy week, but we're back this week, and it was a great week. We hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. And let's go speaking of Thanksgiving. Let's go straight into the Thanksgiving games with the first game at noon. We had the Lions and the Texans. Um, Lions didn't look good, looked terrible. Um, Through a pick six to J.J. Watt. Uh, Matt Patricia and the general manager are both officially out of Detroit. And the Texans score 41, where we see Deshaun Watson play like the MVP he is. Um, run game still a bit quiet for the Texans. Hasn't been much noise all season, considering they traded their uh, the best receiver in the NFL for David Johnson and a second-round pick. But um, in the passing game, we finally saw Will Fuller have – he's been great all year. He had a breakout week, but it's upsetting to see that he'll be out the final six games of the season. Um, let's hear some takes from Mitch. Yeah, I mean, this was an ugly one going to this game. I didn't know what to expect. This was an underperforming Lions team and a Texans team that, like you said, uh, missed Deshaun Watson great – or, sorry, not Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins greatly. Um, at the end of the day, Deshaun Watson outdueled Matt Stafford. I think that losing back-to-back fumbles really didn't help. I believe there were three turnovers within, like, five offensive snaps at one point. It was – Honestly, really insane to see Carryon Johnson and Jamal Williams, both sorry Jonathan Williams, both fumbling, um, as well as another one of the Houston running backs, Procise. It was kind of a weird game. Both of these teams are out of playoff contention. Um, for the yeah, I would say that's fair to say. Miami fans are not happy that Houston wins, as that's another. Uh, that's the Houston pick drops. Exactly. Houston pick drops in value for them. Although, let's be honest, the fact that Miami can still have a top five or top ten, maybe even top five, depending on how the season ends, pick is still highway robbery. Um, right. Exactly. Before I finish that, it's highway robbery, especially since Kenny Stills was released this week by Houston. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Houston should just – yeah, Houston needs to clean house yeah. at some point. I don't even know if Deshaun Watson I, – if I were Houston and I were Deshaun Watson, I'd be trying to get the hell out of H-Town, but it seems like he likes it there. I mean, maybe now that Bill O'Brien is gone, maybe next year they'll have a shot, but they're wasting J.J. Watt's talent right now. And for the remaining years he has left, I I wish he – you know, I hope he gets a Super Bowl. I think a lot of NFL fans hope he gets a Super Bowl at some point in his career. Yeah, I agree. And now on to the second game of the uh, Thanksgiving Day. You have the Cowgirls versus the football team. Um, and we really just saw how terrible this Dallas team is. I mean, they kept it competitive through three quarters, only being down a touchdown. But that fourth quarter, their offense was atrocious with Dalton throwing an interception, Zeke fumbling the football. It was it was just terrible. And, and then Washington just didn't make mistakes. Besides uh, Alex missed one pick, the – Blocking was tremendous this week from that O-line, allowing Gibson to rush for 115 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, I, I, I don't know what to say if you're Dallas. I mean, this Washington defense is good, but you have one of the best receiving cores in football. You have one of the best running backs in football, and you can't manage to put up more than 16 points? Yeah, I mean this this game really got away from them when they went for uh, when they tried to convert that fourth and ten on the fake punt. 
That was horrible. What was that? And and I was watching um some uh, a film of that. The man who tried to run the ball had a man wide open down the field on the right, but the play was designed to be a run, so they ran the ball. But if you're in that situation, I know it's like a lot of adrenaline, momentum. You think just go, 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 don't do otherwise. But an attempt to throw the ball couldn't have been worse than what I watched on my TV that day. Throw the ball, especially considering they were so deep in their own territory as well. They, I believe they yeah, – it was just a questionable decision there. Um, and I think that this game really proves – that the NFL is paying attention to what works against the Dallas Cowboys, and that is pounding the rock. This team cannot stop the run. And, like, you know, we'll give props to the Washington offensive line and, the, and their tight ends, but I'll even – I don't think it's so much that they did a great job, just that Leighton Van Der Esch can't do everything himself, and this Cowboys defense cannot stop the run. They can't. Um... They, even Peyton Bart like, there were, you know, of the three leading rece- uh, rushers of the team, they all were averaging over five yards carry. That's not good. <laughs> Dallas needs to invest <clears throat> some better uh, tackles. And like I said, Van Der Esch can't do everything. When you think of Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch, though, you think of talented linebackers. But, God, they just can't do anything. Yeah. Um, it, it's crazy to me that the top two teams that we thought would be leading the NFC at the start of the season are looking like they're going to be the bottom two teams at the end of this it's- year. Uh, I mean, no one. If, if Dak is still healthy, I think the Cowboys easily win this division. I do but, too, uh, but I still don't think Dak being yeah. hurt gives the Cowboys an excuse to lose the division. No, it does. No, I think it does. Dak's a. Uh, they started more I, I, I with Dak. The, the defense. The defense has been gashed open, but um, Dak was either not either winning games or keeping it very very close. I understand. I really thought Dalton would be able to step like uh, step in and actually like be a serviceable backup. He hasn't proven that. He did have a concussion, and there's still a few more games for him to prove that to me. But I've been a little bit disappointed with Andy Dalton. I liked him. I thought that was a really really good signing, and I really thought that they'd be able to that Dalton would be able to come in and almost you know and just seamlessly transition without uh, skipping a beat. But uh, obviously without skipping a beat, he obviously not as talented as Zach Prescott. But you know, uh, be a serviceable backup. But I mean. It, <laughs> He's making Ben DiNucci look like not a horrible option. It's just – it's pathetic. And the, the Dallas Cowboys, you know, this this is a, this is a w- window for Super Bowl opportunity here. And, you know, who, who knows how long that window is going to be open. Mm-hmm. So, um, wasted year. Yep. On to Sunday afternoon. We'll start with the Bills versus the Chargers. Bills pulled off this win. I wouldn't say they were exceptionally good. Their defense played well this week, but I think – the most exciting thing for me that came out of this game is that Austin Eckler is finally back. Um, came into this game, many people assumed he'd be on a snap count. He didn't play every snap, but when he was out there, he was definitely making an impact <laughs> on the field, leading the team in receptions and carries. Uh, and it, it was it was just happy to see him back, especially as an Austin Eckler fantasy owner. Absolutely. On the yeah. other side of the football, we had Josh Allen. Didn't really have to do much to get the win, but that's sometimes what it takes. Uh, he threw a pick. He completed 18-24, though, and he drove them down several times, one time leading to a Cole Beasley passing touchdown. But this game was just – the Chargers' red zone offense has been terrible this season. Yeah. And we continued to see that this week, uh, and – I think Anthony Lynn needs to get out of LA. I think I think that's my main takeaway from this game because I think the Chargers 
could be like in the talk for a playoff team if they have some good coaching right now. If they can capitalize and actually utilize all that offensive talent, then yeah, absolutely, they can make a defensive. Uh, then they can't speak. Then they can make a Super Bowl push. They get Derwin James back, Joey Bosa, and Joey Bosa was a beast this week. He had three sacks, yeah. five QB hits, and a pass deflection. Six <clears throat> tackles for losses. And that's yeah. one player. Some teams look for three sacks out of their defense in a whole game. <laughs> he's a phenom, but I mean that's he's proving why he got paid. I mean, good for him. You know, Melvin Ingram, um, definitely is a nice complimentary piece. I think that if I were the Chargers GM, I would keep him around. But uh it just sucks. Like you said, we need they need to find a coach who can actually take advantage of the talent and capitalize in the red zone because, you know, they're, they're dueling. This game was a little bit – got a little bit uh, away from them. You know, take away that stupid um, Hail Mary BS. But um, – and, you know, it's a, it's a farther game. But they've been able to compete with some of the big dogs in the NFC and, and the AFC. And, um, you know, like you said, they're like a year or two away from actually being really good. Exactly. I think – I wouldn't say they have the potential because I, I I like them, but as long as Anthony Lynn's there, I don't see them making the playoffs anytime soon. Exactly. All right. Uh, anything else you want to say or you want to move on to Arizona? Nope, we'll move on to Arizona, who is probably – this was probably the most disappointing game of the week. Uh, I'm not – When your quarterback completes 50% of your passes – or 50% of his passes for less than – for less than 85 yards and two touchdowns, and you come out of there with a win. That's just that's, – that's frustrating as a football fan. I like to see talent and uh, good stats rewarded with wins. I don't like to see crappy stats rewarded with wins. That was just pathetic. I mean, I mean it, it, Kyler Murray, it really came down to <laughs> the, the, the Pats kick returner had two returns for 75 yards, one for 53 yards. The offense didn't have to do anything. Then – the Pats punt returner had a 58-yard punt return. That's two possessions yeah. right there where you're guaranteed at least three points. Yeah, special teams definitely did their job. That's something Bill Belichick harps on. All three phases of the ball, they need to be excellent. I mean, just listen to the stat, though. Kyler Murray had a QB rating of roughly nine times better than Cam Newton, and they still lost. For those of you at home who love Ferris Bueller, nine times. <sighs> You get that reference? Let us know in the comments. Um, but I don't, I don't like to blame the game on one person. But Zane Gonzalez has an easy forty-yard kick to take the lead and give them the momentum, and he just shanks it. It was nowhere near going in. And instead of being up with a minute thirty to go, now the Patriots have the ball at the 30, 40-yard line, only needing a field goal. Then on the defensive side, Isaiah Simmons makes the most rookie mistake I've ever seen where Cam Newton is clearly running out of bounds and gives a late hit. That's 15 yards. The Pats are now in field goal range. This this is just – this is where you see a young defense that's not disciplined making mistakes that they can't make. Yeah. Um, I mean, th- this was a big setback game for them. They, they could be leading the division. Yeah. And instead, they're now – fighting for a playoff spot. And I don't know how the rest of the season will pan out for Arizona, but if it's anything like this week, I'm concerned for them. Yeah, this they they definitely showed some struggles here. I like the point about the young defense. I mean, there's talent on that defensive roster. I mean, Buda Baker's They've got a young Buda Baker, a young Byron Murphy, a young Isaiah Simmons, and then they have the vets with 
Pat Pete, Dre Kirkpatrick, Jonathan Joseph. When he's healthy, obviously not this year, but in the future, he, he'll still make an enormous impact. You know, th- this team, I, I still think this team's a year away from being a Super Bowl contender. I think but, you know, they just, I don't know. If they work on their discipline and fix the little errors, I think you could even put them in the question this year if they make the playoffs, not for Super Bowl, but they can make some noise, maybe knock out the Saints or someone like that. Like, sure. Aren't they leading the league in penalties? I mean, that's just exactly. that's a horrible stat. That's, you know, you're hurting yourself there. There's there's no other way to put it. I mean, you're putting yourself and your team in a, in a horrible position. And you know, stop shooting yourself in the foot, Arizona. You've got all the talent in the world. All righty, on to the worst game of the week. It's not even the discipline. I wouldn't give it the worst game of the week. That's a game later. But the Dolphins versus the Jets. Uh, Jets were up 3 nothing. Didn't score once after that. Um, yeah. Doesn't help when your starting kicker's hurt and you have to put Sergio Castillo in. But there's not much to say about this one. Uh Dolphins didn't have Tua. They didn't need to. I still think they did Fitzpatrick a bit dirty with the benching of him. I agree. I still think Fitzpatrick should be the guy there for a bit of this season, um, or at least a bit longer. Like, because it Brian Flores benching Tua against the Broncos was Brian Flores saying he's not confident that Tua can come back in a game like that. He's not confident that if Tua plays three quarters of football poorly that he can bounce back and play that fourth quarter like a QB you'd want to see. And also, or at least not yet. I, you know, I, I think that's kind of right. I mean, it was what it was, it was like his fourth game ever. I mean, I think that Miami wants a playoff spot and they're trying to put, you know, they're trying to put the ball in the veterans hands. It's not necessarily a knock. No, it's not a knock on to it. For me, it's a knock on the coach. I yeah, think Brian Flores is a great coach. He's done a great job. I don't like the quarterback carousel in Miami. That's not good for anybody. Like, but you bench Ryan Fitzpatrick when there was no reason to bench him. You're coming off a three-game win yeah. streak, going into your bye week, and you tell him he's benched out of nowhere. There's no reason. Yeah, no, that's not good in chemistry. That's not good for morale. But I mean, it seemed to have worked a little bit. I mean, they did lose to the Broncos after you know after that. But um, no, but my point is, my point is, if you're gonna do that. Don't go and put him back in when the young guy's not doing well. Yeah, it's because of one game. And it also, what I don't understand is when Ryan Fitzpatrick is in, they open up the playbook. They're running five ride. They're running from the shotgun. When Tua's in, everything is out of the eye for him. The single back play action. They need to have more confidence in Tua. They need to let Tua just throw the ball because that's what we saw them do against the Broncos. Tua had to play conservative. They forced Tua to play conservative the whole game. Then they put Fitzpatrick in when they need to be aggressive. You need to build that trust in your quarterback. Yeah, no, no arguments Alrighty. here. On to the new NFC, uh, what NFC least division leaders, the New York Giants, pulling off the big win against Brandon Allen and the Bengals. Uh, upsetting to see Daniel Jones go down this week. Thankfully, it was not. It doesn't. It doesn't. Sound it, you might miss one week, if that. Uh, Evan Engram yeah. probably – I think it's a career high in receiving yards for him this week, which was nice to see. Um, and uh, my my favorite thing for the Giants right now besides their defense this year 
is the emergence of Wayne Gallman to come out of the backfield. I understand he's not putting up Saquon numbers, but you're not putting Wayne Gallman in a great position. Your, your star running back gets hurt. You signed Devonta Freeman after Wayne Gallman finally thinks he's going to get a shot. Devonta Freeman goes down. Wayne Gallman comes in. He's putting up a touchdown a week. And, like, say what you want. If you're giving the guy the ball on the three-yard line and he's able to put it in three times out of four, that's that's all you're asking for. No, that is impressive. But when you're averaging under four yards a carry, I really can't get that high on this guy. Yeah, but I get that. But my point is he's came in and done stuff that nobody really expected out of him. But uh, I, I guess. I mean, I, it seems like a redundant point to me. We can agree to disagree on this. More thing I want to talk about is just the Giants' defense has been great this year. Yeah, I know. I think Absolutely. the Giants had some of the best acquisitions on the defense. This, they, they had the best defensive acquisitions this offseason, and Logan Ryan, Blake Martinez, James Bradbury, and even Isaac Yadam's having a good year for them, who nobody even probably knows who he is. But um, yeah. but there's not much to say about this one. This game was pretty boring. It was a very defensive game. Felt like the Giants never really like were going to lose, to me at least. I felt like it was – Always a pretty open game. Yeah. I mean, it was, what is this, the third or fourth game in a row? Daniel Jones doesn't have a turnover. Impressive. They let him use his legs a little bit. Um, he, again, didn't have a touchdown. But when this Giants team doesn't make mistakes and doesn't give the uh, the opposing team great field position, they can win games. So I think this, you know, they could honestly, they might even win a, a uh, playoff game uh, should they lead their division. I mean, when. Eli Manning um, – I'm sorry, not Eli Manning. I don't know why I'm bringing him up. But when the previous two teams to win, to make the playoffs with a losing record, both won, uh, both won at least one playoff game. In so who run, knows? So. The Giants – for all yeah. we know, the Giants can find a way to turn it on, win close games. But – I think the Giants are winning the Super Bowl. That's my prediction. <laughs> all right, Mitch. Don't get ahead of yourself. But on to the next one. The Titans get their revenge on the Colts, where we, we really saw the Colts' true colors this week. Uh, I mean, I don't think that's that I mean, fair to say. Allegedly, a top five defense. Their defense, got, their defense got completely exposed by Derrick Henry, but it's not like the Titans are a crappy team. I mean, the, this was an offensive battle, which is surprising considering both these teams are I – mean, maybe not the Titans anymore, but last year both these teams were defensive teams. Rivers had a decent game. Ten Hill didn't have to, didn't do too much, but he didn't have when, to do too when much. Derek, um, Derek Henry, I've hated on him a lot this year, but he's, me too. these he past few game. weeks he's really started to emerge as a top running back in the league. I averaging over six yards to carry. You know that's my favorite stat. I will continue to talk about that for every time we talk about a running back. Nice game. Um, the defense played well, picking off Philip Rivers. I mean that's not that hard, but. Um, some key fourth down stops. I think there was out coach. Brable had a game plan. He stopped. I, I think my favorite thing about the Colts this week is when they're on the two yard line. They're like, Phil Rivers can't do that. So they just throw Jacoby Myers, Jacoby Brissett, and go. Just go up the middle. Mm-hmm. And he got two touchdowns off it this week. So. Yeah, but I, I don't like the blatant disregard for his health. I mean, it's not like he's a Taysom Hill where he's built like a tight end. He just isn't 45 and has 17 kids to worry about, like <laughs> Rivers. So I. I just hope that I hope that this team treats Brissett with respect, whatever they choose to do with him, because using him as a 
um, as a tank. I'm not. I mean, it was fun to watch, and I'm sure Brissett's happy to help out the team. But if I were Brissett, that were only being used on QB sneaks, I would be a little. I feel a little bit disrespected considering I was the starter last year. But that's just me. I like Brissett. I think you know. I hope he gets a job somewhere. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I mean, he he wasn't great last year. It wasn't terrible, but. Um, yeah, I mean, no, I'm not saying he's some stud, but you know, I hope, I, I hope for his sake, he can turn it around, and um, yeah, no, I get it. And, you know, have have a more significant role in an offense somewhere besides just being a fullback. Um, yeah, for me, the happiest, the happiest part of this game, I'd say, was finally seeing T. Y. Hilton catch a touchdown along with a 50 yard bomb from Rivers. Yeah, I, I, out of anybody who suffered the most from Andrew Luck leaving, it's definitely been T. Y. Hilton. Hilton and Luck had a great relationship. Hilton and Luck had a great connection. Luck versus hires. Hilton hasn't really seen the ball much and has been plagued by injuries since then. So it's just happy to see him back out there catching the deep balls. I mean, I, I, I miss sitting on the couch on a Sunday watching Luck throw a four-yard bomb to T.Y., him scoring, then him doing the classic T.Y. celebration where it's the T pose, then arms up, and then back and forth. Just, just for me, he's like one of those nostalgic players, so he's happy. Like, he's, yeah, I get what you mean. He like kids, kids, kids in this generation won't really know who he is, so it, it's good that he's like yeah. make. I, I guess like it just made me happy. On to a, I'd say the most confusing game for me this week. It was the Browns versus the Jaguars, where we really saw the Browns play down to their opponent this week, but they got the win. I wouldn't say that. It was just the. I, I mean, all right, I'll let you speak first. No, I want to hear why you think they didn't play down to their opponents. There's no reason you should have, win, beat, beat, beat the Jaguars by a two-point conversion. Well, we didn't make mistakes on offense. Baker had a nice day. 250 yards passing, 60-plus 60 per, 60 percent completion percentage, two, or two touchdowns. He did have one missed throw. I'll, that was really bad play. Mahomes had a lot of missed throws, too. It happens. But, of course, Baker's going to get harped on it. I get it. That's where he is in this league. But he had, a, he had a nice day. Kareem Hunt was a little bit quiet. They didn't give him the ball quite as much. But he, when he had the ball in his hands, he still made a, lot of, um, made a lot of big plays. Once again, the hero of the game was Nick Chubb. It looked a little hairy in the fourth quarter, third and 12. They got the ball to their best offensive player. It paid off. They were able to kneel the game down. What this really came down to, this was not the, this was not on the offense. The offense was efficient and uh, – Played like it was supposed to. Baker uh, making nice throws off play action off the bootleg and being um, and having the run a powerful run game be the engine of this team. What really was the issue was having every single um, starting secondary member gone. I mean, Mike Delano was able to torch our secondary, and at the same time, losing Miles Garrett, losing um, two of our starting linebackers. I mean, we are down so many defensive starters, and we. We can't stop an offense, so I don't think it's playing down to our opponent because our offense. So you're saying you guys shouldn't beat the Jaguars by two. You should beat them. You you think that's like okay? That's justified. A win's a win. No, no, I understand, but it's the one in ten Jaguars. You're telling me winning by two against the Jaguars is acceptable? Like, like that that gives you confidence. Like, damn, we're like gonna we have a chance at the Super Bowl because you beat the Jaguars. When did I say that? No. But you're saying like you didn't play down to them. You think like beating the Jaguars by two displays your record? No. I'm not talking about how good the Browns are, but you're we – You won. won. You played down to your opponent and you denied that. 
Because if we were playing down to our opponent, that would mean that we were making mistakes. So that would we mean that they competed with we were... It's not... They, they competed with us on the offensive side of the ball because we were down nine defensive starters. I believe ten now because Ronnie Harrison uh, is on IR now. When our when our entire secondary and our best our two best defensive players, three our top three defensive players, and then six or seven other members of the defense are out. I mean, I don't know what you you know, I don't know what to expect. Our defense has never been good <clears throat> outside of Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. And when we're down ten starters, it's really tough to I, stop I, anybody. I'm glad that our offense was able to be efficient enough to continue to win. You know, that's as that's what it came down to. We were efficient and we won the game. I'm just trying to understand how beating the Jaguars by two is like. I'm not praising us. I'm not saying let's go. We won. We beat the Jaguars. My point is, we stuck to our game plan. We controlled time of possession. We get, we were efficient. We executed on third down. We had a game plan. We stuck to it, and we we got the one. We got the win. Yes, it was closer than I would have liked. Mike Lennon had a decent game against our god-awful secondary. Sure, Baker didn't turn the ball over five times and give them excellent field position. It was purely on our defense, but we made, we kept right. going. We won. Not celebrating it, but, you know, we're 8-3. and three. We're moving on. Next game. On to Carolina versus Minnesota. As we saw Carolina choke in, uh, some would say, Atlanta fashion. But I'm not going to bash on Atlanta this week. Uh, it was. Uh, it's hard to root against Kirk Cousins. I mean, it's hard. <laughs> I love the guy. I mean, his his attitude is great. His energy is great. It's hard to root against him, but it's also hard to root against Teddy Bridgewater. But this week, it just came down to the Vikings got the ball last. The Vikings made some plays that I really didn't expect them to make. And there, there's really not much to say. Jeremy Chin had two touchdowns this week. The Panthers' offense really just wasn't there. They couldn't get their run game going until Teddy Bridgewater struggled. He plays better when Mike Davis or Christian McCaffrey are playing better. He had another pretty crappy day, but... um. Kirk Cousins, he got carried. If Bridgewater had won this game, they would have been carried by their defense. Kirk Cousins now has the Vikings in a position to potentially take a wild card spot in the the next few games. They have an easy schedule. Kirk Cousins had a really nice day three touchdowns, 300 yards, about a 70% completion percentage. What was surprising to me was Mike Davis and Dalvin Cook not being able to do much. Neither of these teams are known for their stout defenses. Uh, you know, obviously the Jeremy Chin two touchdowns aside, you know, neither of these teams are known for forcing three and outs consecutively. And they're two best playmakers. Uh, you know, I guess you could argue definitely Dalvin Cook with the Vikings. Mike Davis, you know, he's been the engine of this offense um, for Carolina being shut down. I, I, it was surprising for me because having, um, ha- having Thielen, uh, having Thielen out, Definitely hurt the uh, the Vikings, but they were able to overcome, showing a little bit of, of um, they were they were able to capitalize on the uh, they were able to, they were able to capitalize on the opportunities they were given, and Jefferson and stepped up. He had a big game. He had a nice game, and I, I think the coaching was there. Mike Zimmer had a game plan, even though Dalvin Cook wasn't able to uh, explode like he has been the past few games. Kirk Cousins really stepped up. Like, were you were you as impressed with him as no, I was? Because 
This is the same. I know that her cousin can. Her cousins can do this on a weekly basis. That's not beyond me. But sometimes it's just the inconsistency for Kirk. Like it doesn't shock me when he throws for three hundred yards and three touchdowns. But it also doesn't shock me when he throws for one hundred yards and two picks. Like we we know Kirk Cousins has this in him. That's why he got paid the money he got paid. It's just like when does Kirk Cousins want to show up and when does he not? Also. I think one of my favorite things about this game was Chad Beebe catches the touchdown uh, when the Vikings were down 27-21, and they line up for the extra point. And, and, and believe it or not, Dan Bailey misses the extra point, but a Panther lined up offsides, giving them another chance, and they kicked the game winner right after that. Like, That's such a hard way to go out. That's tough. Yeah. I mean, Bridgewater was not able to do much that game. A lot of those yards came on the final drive, but, you know. My only defense for Bridgewater is if you're up 27-21 and they're getting the ball back with 50 seconds left, I hope your defense can stop them from scoring a touchdown. Like, I really do. And I, I understand they had two defensive touchdowns this game, but you need to stop them there. I mean – yeah, but, I mean, the offense just gave yeah, them a six-point no, cushion by getting three. It's like all you need to do is stop them from getting the end zone. But then when you have a pass interference call 40 yards down the field, the clock is now stopped with 23 seconds left, and the Vikings are getting the ball now at the 40-yard line. But yeah. end of the day, both these teams, I don't think it means much. Maybe the Vikings make a push for the playoffs. Maybe they win their last few, make some noise, but – on to uh, the Falcons versus the Raiders. I'll, I'm I'm just gonna say right now, the Raiders are pretenders. Say what you want. For you to go in a game against the Falcons, I don't give a fuck what you say about the refs. The refs could be bad. There is no excuse for losing forty three to six. And no, this wasn't like 43-6 to off some insane game from Matt Ryan. It wasn't. The Falcons had two defensive touchdowns. Derek Carr was atrocious. I've been respecting him all year. He did nothing this game to prove to me that, like, he's legit. He lost three fumbles. Not one, not two, not three. (laughs) Three fumbles, yes. I mean, Matt Ryan doesn't even need, need to throw. They didn't have a yard passer. They didn't have a two hundred yard passer, but they scored forty three points yeah. behind their defense and their kicker making five field goals. Yeah, Young Hoi Koo had himself. A I don't understand how the Raiders. I mean, the fact that Nathan Peterman came like in like is like a little sad. I just don't understand, and then. You 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 use the eleventh pick on Henry Ruggs, who has I wouldn't even I'll, I'll give him top ten rookie receiver this year, but he's not even a top five. And you spent your you you took he was the first receiver off the board. I don't think that he has been bad. I just don't think that no, he's had a lot of drops this year, like a lot. He had he had won this game alone where he was wide open for a touchdown. But all right, well. 
not much to be said about this game. It was a blowout. Raiders took a huge hit. Yeah, with momentum and everything. This um, this is not a good look for the Raiders. I understand it's one game, but it's just it's losing by thirty seven points to a very under five hundred team is just not a good look. It's not. Yeah. Well. On to the next one. Not much to be said about this game. Started the four o'clock slate. San Fran, L.A. Um. LA just couldn't get it done. Goff didn't have a good week to pick, getting picked off twice. Uh, <laughs> the run game was pretty slowed down besides a big 61-yard by Cam, run by Cam Akers that was basically non-existent. Uh, Mostert being back is – Mostert and Debo being back for the 49ers is very nice for them. And I, this yeah. week is the first week we really saw a somewhat healthy 49ers defense, and I, I'd say they played pretty well. With Richard Sherman was healthy, Fred Warner was healthy, Jason Verrett was healthy, Eric Armstead was healthy. Like, I don't think the 49ers are as bad as they're playing. I I don't know if I'd call them a Super Bowl team again, but when this team is fully healthy, they're good. And yeah. The Rams are still good. Um, not much to say about them. I think this is a rough loss for them. But I also think a loss like this sometimes is needed. The Rams were on a very hot streak. They, yeah, I think they grounded them. I mean, the Rams do not play well against the 49ers. It's kind of like how the Seahawks don't play well against the Rams. It's the same for the Rams against the 49ers. But... And honestly, I don't think the 49ers play too well against the Cardinals either. It's kind of the NFC West is just it, each other's kryptonite. I mean, it's amazing how these teams managed to combine for more than 40 points with with zero passing touchdowns. This game was really boring. Yeah, um, to watch. I'm not gonna I, I feel like it's not much about this game. Nick Mullins and Jared Goff. I couldn't um, care less. Ugh. It was fun to see Debo. That was the only thing that I yeah. enjoyed. Debo is one of my favorite receivers, and it was nice to see him um, healthy and making it. I'll let you choose so. the next game we talk about. Um, Let's just talk about your damn Denver or Broncos. We can get over this. Over what? The NFL implying COVID rules and giving postponements for some teams but not others? Okay, sure. I, I mean, Kendall Hilton no, or Hinton, no disrespect. Yeah, but what do you expect out of him? He hasn't played QB in five years. He hasn't taken one rep. With Denver, he he's he's never practiced at QB before. He's they didn't even give us a day to practice and maybe give him a game plan. All the prep he had was a three-hour Zoom call Saturday night, an hour after he found out that he was supposed to be the starter. So I don't care, but I think if I was in quarterback, I'd complete more than one pass. But you know, it is what it is. There's the, the game is actually the game. Really the game shouldn't have happened. Around. I mean. Um, yeah, I mean, probably not. But so walk me through the scenario. So Jeff, right. was it Jeff Driscoll? Jeff test Driscoll tested positive for COVID on Thursday. In the QB room, they did have their masks on. Their masks were lowered to eat like some food and to better communication at times. Drew Locke, Blake Bortles, and Brett Rippian were all eligible to play by Monday or Tuesday. They sent in a file mm. for the NFL to get the game postponed, and the NFL rejected it because they, they in, the, in a nicer way, they basically said 
postponing your game will lose us money because we'll have to nationally televise your game and your game won't get the views needed for us to make this jump. They basically said, you're not the Ravens, you're not the Steelers, you're not the Titans, you're not the Patriots. We don't care. You broke COVID guidelines, so we're not going to help you for that. That's basically what they said. Do you understand when the Titans practice outside their facility illegally during COVID, but their games are getting postponed? No, that's ridiculous. I I think that the NFL needs to have a broad policy against it, like, you know, against any team regardless. But at the end of the day, the NFL is a corporate entity and its job is to make money. It's if Drew Locke plays, I don't think that the Broncos 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 fans are owed at least like say what you want. The Broncos, they didn't compete, but the Saints had the Saints had what did Taysom Hill do this week when he was forced to throw the ball? He didn't do shit. Okay, but he's not a quarterback. I understand, but his position is quarterback. They have Jameis Winston. We very well would have taken Jameis Winston this week if we could. Another thing that bothered me about the NFL is uh, Rob Calabrese, our quarterback coach, we we wanted to play him this week because he's a few years out of college. He played quarterback. He was actually pretty – he wasn't terrible at UCF. But the NFL rejected it. And now this brings me to the hockey, Mitch. You're you're a big hockey guy. What happened when that team had no goalies Mm -hmm. to play? That, remember the guy from the locker room? I don't remember what yeah, team, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, they let they let like a yeah employee a, a janitor from the locker room go in and play goalie. Which is why I don't. Yeah, well, because in hockey, I mean, whenever you know, I, like when I used to play, like you know, whenever there's a whenever you're down a goalie, it, the game's basically canceled if you can't find a goalie. Yeah, so, but- you know, the, I, I'm compared to the quarterback goals, position to not having sure. a goalie. This is like this is like putting an MLB team in with no pitchers. It's it's just That's against right. the integrity of the NFL. Is my point. Okay, but there is. Yeah, but it's a business. It's a business. Imagine you're the Seahawks or the Buccaneers, somebody who's fighting for a division or the one seed in the playoffs, and the Saints basically were handed a free win. Believe like. If you want to say it or not, the Saints were given this victory before the game started. We all knew there was no shot in hell the Broncos were winning with somebody who's never taken a snap with the first team before. No, oh, agreed. I think that the NFL messed this up, but I mean, there's not much to be said. It's, it's just ridiculous. You love it or hate it, it the Broncos I, I win this week. They're five and six. They're still in a playoff question mark, but now that's all out of the window. The Broncos are just trying to win games to stop other teams from making the play. It's like, like the Broncos win this week. They're still two games uh, out of the spot. Okay, sure. I mean, um, there's not much more to be I, said. It's just it, fuck Roger Goodell. He, we, we all know he's a bad commissioner. And if you're not one of the players, if, if Drew Locke was Patrick Mahomes, the game would have been postponed. It's that simple. Exactly. Probably, yeah, because they want to make money. Um, the Tampa Bay versus Kansas City. Um, I'll let you speak for a bit. Oh, Tampa made it interesting in the end. Mahomes absolutely dominated Brady. They both had three touchdowns, but let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, when Tyree Kill has two hundred uh, yards in the Mahomes first quarter, it's a bit. Mahomes absolutely outdueled him. Um. 
I don't know. I mean, the Bucks look like they were going to make a pushback, but I mean, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. The Chiefs are the best team in the league, and they kind of put Brady in, in this place. One of the announcers, I forget who it was, said that he predicted that they'd see both of these teams representing the AFC and the NFC, respectively, back in Tampa Bay in February. Bold prediction. I don't think he's completely wrong. I don't. I don't. Not sure if I believe it yet, but you know, it was still. I it made me a little excited when he said that. Um, because I believe the record between these two is two and two, the tiebreaker in the Super Bowl that would be pretty freaking awesome. Um, Brady and Arians, there seems definitely to be some um, hostility between them, some conflict, uh, especially going before the game. There was a Bleacher Report that um, uh, article that came out that said that Arians and Brady were not happy with each other because Arians figured that Brady would be able to explode after going out and getting Antonio Brown and Gronk at per Brady's wishes. After losing on primetime, I'm sure that those tensions were not um, were not made any smaller. So, not sure. Brady made it interesting in the end. He had some nice plays, but... Um, I mean, Mahomes. You can't stop the Chiefs. I mean, they're the best. Tyree, the as Tyree Kill so, said, he 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 did a, a pre, he had a pretty good game for a special teams player. Yeah, yeah, and I like. Did you see the 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 Shannon Sharp thing? I like that when he was calling yeah. for help. The stands. He did a really nice imitation of Shannon Sharp's thing. That was fun to watch. They were the Chiefs were definitely having some fun there. Um. Chris Jones get was it Chris Jones or Frank Clark getting an argument with Brady? That was interesting to watch. I believe it was Chris Jones. Um, the the tensions were definitely high between these two teams. Um, you know who knows they'll they'll meet up with each um, other in the playoffs. Only time will tell. No, not much to say besides Travis Kelsey had a chance to be somebody. Throw a touchdown to Mahomes. He had Mahomes open. He did. Yeah, that was pathetic. And then he and then he didn't even try yeah, to run. Like, he got bullied. He got but when you have the best player in NFL at QB, you're gonna win a lot of games. And I, I honestly do believe yeah, they'll win the AFC because I don't I, I I don't see the Steelers really winning out. Um I don't know, we'll see. Should, well, I hope that they. I I really want to see a Steelers Chiefs matchup. That would be really. Um, really on to Sunday really night, we got Trubis, Trubisky versus Rogers. Uh, Trubisky didn't play terrible. Uh, I I, I, I love the guy. I do actually. Um, he he threw three touchdowns. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, two of them weren't. Yeah, I know, but the defense gave him no support. um, Yeah, they they couldn't stop. 27-10, the momentum was already in his favor. Aaron Jones having a nice game. Devontae having a nice game. Rodgers having another four-touchdown game while barely cracking 200 yards. That always says something to you, you know what I mean? Like, when when Mahomes has three touchdowns, he has 460 yards. When Rodgers has four just 200. Like, he didn't need to – he was just so effortless. He didn't have to do much to beat this team. But Aaron Rodgers is so good against the Bears, and he just continues to add on that streak. I hate Nick Foles. I, I All think my homies hate Nick Foles. There. I, 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 the I think they should continue guy. with him as a guy. I think Matt Nagy. Trubisky. I love Trubisky. Trubisky. I love Mitch. He carried me to a okay, good. two or three years ago when he was actually not half bad. He carried me to a fantasy football championship. So, um. I still think they yeah. need to give him more of a shot. Uh, his weapons are nowhere, so 
he did. It was, probably the best game of, nice game. it was probably the best game of his career. But when your number two receiver is Darnell Mooney. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's tough for sure. Oh, Robinson had himself a nice game, but again, most of that's in garbage time. I mean, the Bears are most likely if they can turn it around, they can still go for the uh, wild card spot. But I mean, they had a, they were leading Green Bay in the division for a week or two there, and then. Yeah, definitely uh, not going to catch up to them now. While they're uh, they're on the roll, Rodgers is, the, is his best in the second half of the season. Uh, um, yeah, it can still be a playoff spot. They still, I think you you always called them the best defense in the league. I think that that's it's up in the air now. But on um on to uh, Sunday night, uh, yeah, or Monday night. Um, Stupid. first Stupid thoughts and game. prayers go out to all the betters who had Seattle minus six and a half. Uh. Mitch, fun fact, there was a 500K bet on Seattle minus six and a half. And because they decided to go for two instead of yeah. kicking an extra point, that man lost 500K. Um, yeah, multiple, sure that well, that was the biggest one, but 90% of betters had money. taken uh, Seattle. But uh, um, on to uh, yeah. the more frustrating part of the game for me. I understand Carson Wentz. You took him number two. He's the guy. But why the fuck is he in in the second half? He is atrocious. And besides the final drive where he threw for 60 yards and a touchdown, he fucking sucked. Like, you got to give this Jalen Hurst guy at least a chance. Like, why? No, I don't think so. Because... Um, what's his face? Peterson's most likely on his way out. And if Jalen Hurts comes in, Wentz's confidence is shot. So now Wentz just Wentz will not be will play even worse than he is. One game out of a playoff. Um and they took they they paid Carson this enormous contract. They paid Carson this enormous contract. They're still stuck with him unless they can trade it and offload the contract to somebody else. If they 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 have no idea what Jalen Hurts That's can do. That's not my point. One At this point, third and how can it game. hurt you? Because it can hurt in the long term. Yes, if they put Jalen Hurts in right now, it might help them secure a playoff spot, and they might still do that. But I would continue to try and keep Carson Wentz comfortable. He's finally getting his uh, his offensive weapons back. This O line is just flat out horrible. I mean, this team, this was a top five, top ten unit last year. You get sacked five times every game, six last time against the Seattle defense. Carson Wentz and this Eagles O line are making the Seattle defense look like the goddamn Steelers. Makes no sense. I mean, Carson Wentz needs to make better decisions. And I, I don't like defending Carson Wentz, but if they bring Jalen Hurts in and then we have another Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky situation where they just all, you know, they um, let's go. They take turns every snap. What the? It's horrible for an for an organization. It's really really terrible for consistency. Unless Carson Wentz really 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 continues to suck, I think that they they give him another few games before Carson before Jalen Hurts comes in. They're one game back from the division. They're really half a game back from the division. All right, all so right. It's not crunch time quite quite yet. And I think that they're all the Eagles are also trying to look at my their, point their, is my point is they care about their future. We've they're, seen quarterbacks coming into this league now and the play stock. 
We've seen Kyler Murray. We've seen Lamar Jackson. We've seen Josh Allen. Jalen Hurts somewhat portrays that mobile quarterback mentality. That That's what he was in college. That's what the Eagles are using him as right now, that mobile guy. We've seen how this meta has worked yeah. in the NFL recently. You t- you used a second-round pick on this guy. It's not like you used a fourth or fifth round. You used a second-round pick. Yeah. How can it hurt you? I understand in the long run, but what if in the long run, Jalen Hurts is the guy they want in that QB? They clearly spent a second-round pick on him for a reason. I see where you're coming from. I understand that, but... But ever since Carson Wentz got injured and Nick Foles won that Super Bowl, he hasn't been the same. Okay, but I understand, but eventually it becomes year, it, it, so. it's not about money. It's you're paying this guy thirty-two million a year, but you could pay this rookie more, less, and win football games. And I understand you're like, why would you pay someone thirty-two million to sit on the bench? You do that because you want to win football games. And Carson Wentz clearly isn't the answer to win football games right now. All you have to do is win one more game and lose one less game, and you're winning the division right now. And I don't see how putting Jalen Hurts in can I hurt. Get it, I get it. Uh, for for the sake of like this season, I again I get that point. And listen, I'm I'm glad I'm not uh, Howie Roseman right now because I'd have a really tough call to make. Or Doug Peterson, you know, I, I'm really glad I'm not that Eagles organization right now because I don't know which way I'm leaning. You know, do I? Carson's been the guy for three years. He's being decimated by that Philly media, and I know they don't care about that. But Philadelphia is a really really tough town to be a sports team in because the media will crucify you. He's been elite the past three years. I think we all would have considered Wentz a top 10 quarterback, 2017, 2018, 2019. And it's sad to say, I don't know how he's regressing this much. I think it's more, I think it's on the coach more than anything. Doug Peterson doesn't want to be in Philadelphia anymore. And he's not making any attempts to try and help Carson. He's calling stupid plays. And he's acting as if he's not half a game back from the playoffs. I, I, I just think Carson's in a really bad situation right now, and Jalen's in a worse situation. So it'll be interesting to see how they deal with it. I, I need to see a little bit more from Jalen. You know, if they want to give Jalen Hurts some reps, I'm not sure. But I'm not going to make Carson Wentz – I'm not going to make Jalen Hurts the starter or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't – I'm sorry, I can't be on the same page as you right now because I'm a firm believer in this new meta in the NFL, and I, I, I don't think it's like orthodox, but Jalen Hurts can come in and win two or three games. The Eagles could be heading to the playoffs, Mitch. It's 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 not a disrespect to Carson Wentz. It's just for the sake of – you know Eagles fans. You know how they act. And – Carson Wentz is just putting a bigger target on his back each and every week he steps on the football field. All right, well, we'll see. All righty. On to the Wednesday game, we have Baltimore and Pittsburgh. 10 0 Steelers team go up against a 6 4 Ravens team, which had implications, I'd say, more towards the Ravens. But were the Ravens really the Ravens, or was it the practice squad that we saw yesterday? I mean, RG3 got the start with no Lamar. They were missing Yannick Ngakwe. They were missing Dobbins, Mark Ingram. And RG3 didn't end up getting hurt, allowing 
Trace McStory to come in the game for the first time in his career. Um, it was a very controversial game, personally, watching the first half. Uh, felt like the Ravens were robbed of a few points, a few calls. The second half was a bit questionable. And like what? what? Like what? I didn't watch the whole game. All right, end of the first half, the Ravens have the ball on the three-yard line. Yeah. They have no timeouts. 30 seconds left. Oh, I did. I did they run that. the ball yeah. up the middle, and Steelers players are sitting on Jordan Hill, not allowing him to get up. Yeah, it should have been delayed game there. Yeah. And then uh, there was just some markings uh, that I didn't agree with in the second half. And I just think in this game, it, I, I don't want to say the Ravens got robbed, but considering the circumstances, the Ravens are already at a disadvantage. You can say what you want, the game being postponed to help the Ravens. End of the day, they're still not – what their full team is. No, that's valid. But the refs shouldn't base their decisions based off which team is better. No, no, no. I don't think it was like – it was just bad officiating. I don't think it was like because the Steelers are better, it was just bad officiating. I mean, they probably missed calls both ways that I didn't realize, but it's a play like that that is so crucial in the ending because you call delay of game, clock stops, 15 seconds left. The Raiders have a pass passing down, and then they kick a field goal possibly. Yeah, no, I agree, but um, I don't think it's fair to say the Ravens got robbed. I wouldn't say they got robbed, but uh, I wouldn't say this is like a very like demanding. Wow, you're eleven and zero win for the Steelers. Like, no, it's not. But I mean, at one point you did once say that if they beat the Ravens, that they were legit. They beat them twice now, so I'm just the right. Steelers team. Not a joke. They're they're probably not quite as good as their record suggests, but no, like, I'm, it's not that they're, the they're eleven and zero. They have not lost a game. No, I understand, but a lot of games they've won have been very close, and they've gotten the luckier end. But a win's a win. No, I understand, but come playoff time, if one of these games ends up not going their way, which is very likely after having six plus go your way, it could knock them out. It's like. Okay, sure, okay. but I think that could be said. Like, but the Steelers team I saw this play play this week has no shot at beating the Chiefs. Well, they 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 play down to their opponent, but they'll play up to their opponent if they play the Chiefs. That defense is – I mean, it was their offense that was stagnant. Their defense was elite. Yeah, the defense was elite against a torn-up offense. No starting tight end, no starting left tackle, no starting right guard. Missing your starting quarterback, missing two halfbacks. Oh, missing that's, all yeah, that's a good point. Right, you're right, but they did exactly what you would you would expect the best defense in the league to do. They sacked him like four or five times. They had a pick six. They had a fumble recovery. You know, at a certain point, like yes, they had good stats against you know a bad team, but I feel you know obviously they still had good stats. So I and I I don't like the Steelers, but I'm sick of the Steelers slander because they're a good team. So uh, anyway. We can debate on this, but, you know, it definitely hurt the Ravens' playoff chances. Um, but they do have an easy uh, remaining five schedule. So, I think that they could still I don't see the Ravens not making the playoffs this year. They have the Cowboys. They're going to win. I think they'll beat the Browns, especially after what, crush the Browns. what I saw last time. I can't put myself to think the Browns are going to win. Oh, I can't either. They can easily oh beat gosh. the Jaguars. So many Browns group chats that are saying that we're going to demolish the Ravens. I'm so, so sick of hearing that. Who's saying that? 
a bunch of the Browns group chats I'm in are all saying, predicting that we're going to clobber the Ravens. I think that they're delusional. It's very possible for the Ravens to win their next five. If not, they lose one of their next five. They still most likely will be a playoff team. Yeah, it'll be 10-6 and six at that point. Um, and, uh, yeah, I it'll be tough. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see. Well, what's interesting I mean, to me is if the Steelers lose one more game, the Chiefs could take the one seed. The Steelers are going to have to play in the first round, and it's not – above me to think the Steelers could lose. It's not – I could very much see a Steelers-Ravens matchup in the first round, and it wouldn't shock me if the Ravens came out. Because if you lose to a team twice in one season, especially with the amount of crap the Steelers are talking, it's like – I don't think Steelers fans are actually talking about not crap. Steelers they're fans, really- they're players. Okay, Juju dancing on the logos. Yeah, I mean, Stephon Tewitt tweeting that the game was over before it started, like – yeah, but I mean, it, it's not just the players. It's Tomlin. Tomlin's also saying we, you know, we respect Lamar. But we don't fear him. I mean, that's big fu to Lamar. I mean, this organization just exudes winning. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see for sure. They might be the, you know, the the uh, New England Patriots of last year, where they, you know, had a really, really good regular season record and got defeated by one single player. So yeah, and, oh, Lamar has something to prove when he comes back. I mean. The running back that can't throw, that can't win a playoff. I think Lamar is garbage. It'll be I. I'd be really, really. I think it was hilarious that they made the playoffs again and were another first round exit. That would make me really, really happy. I guess we'll just have to wait and see, though. For sure. Did you know that this week was the longest week in NFL history, stretching all the way, you know, from Thanksgiving to Wednesday? I mean, the, the second. If you asked me at the start of last season if I ever thought I'd watch a football game on a Wednesday, let alone a Tuesday, I've seen both of those this year. Exactly. So we just need one game to get postponed till Friday, and then officially there will be a game played on every day of the week this season. Right. Yeah, what's up with the Saturday? Saturday is normal. This year they're just having more than usual. Gotcha. Are there Saturday games this week or is it next um, week? I don't, I don't think there's this week and then. Definitely not this week. Yeah, not. I don't think it's next week either. Starting week fifteen, I think there are. Then the Broncos play Saturday week fifteen, and then the Dolphins play the next week week sixteen. Um. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching uh, or listening. Rather, that concludes our week twelve uh, recap. Uh, stay tuned for our week thirteen predictions coming at you shortly. Uh, you anything you want to add, Adam, before um, we end it? Not much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you next episode.